The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Gonna turn my microphone up. Gonna hear my voice. Gonna hear my motherfucking voice. Gonna hear my voice. Uh huh. Hear my voice. Won't take it now. Hear my motherfucking voice. <sighs> Matt, I'm sorry about that. This is me warming up. <sighs> As I drink some coffee. Mm. Matt, when you drink coffee, do you sweat? I sweat. And I have this problem with caffeine. I have like a caffeine sensitivity. I just start sweat. It's not good. It's not a good time. No, sir. I'm going to start recording at the one minute mark. One minute mark. Hello, horror fans, and thank you so much for joining me and only me in another edition of Dizam. I am horrified. Wait, that's not right. Damn, that's scary. That's the name of the show. My name is Micah Rose. I'm coming at you from Buffalo, New York. And of course, I'm joined alongside by absolutely nobody. I am flying totally Iron Man solo right now. Uh, Will, unfortunately, had uh, some personal issues that he's taking care of. Uh, but everybody, give him well wishes. Brother needs it. We love you, Will. Uh, so this uh, this one's for you, man. Uh, guys, I had a little bit of horror myself uh, today. I woke up. Uh, my wife leaves for work at like 5, uh, 5.30 in the morning. And normally I, uh, I have to go to the gym, train some clients. My morning clients actually all canceled on me. Uh, this has nothing to do with this impending doom of a second lockdown or anything like that. They just they, uh, It was coincidental. So I'm like, okay, sweet. What do I do with my time right now? I could either, A, watch some really weird porn and fire off some knuckle children. Because you know, now, guys, when your significant other isn't home, you go right into that U-Haul stash of porn, right? Come on. I can't be the only one. I know I'm not the only old, old school pervert out there right now. Or I could go back to sleep. I went back to sleep. I was freaking exhausted, man. And I'm just like, you know, like another hour or two of sleep would be great. Well, I woke up to my dog kind of freaking out, and he doesn't do that. Normally, he's just he does what we do. If I'm asleep, he's asleep. He's a good boy. He's a real good boy. His name is Yoshi. He's a Shiba Inu, and he loves belly rubs. Uh, so I get out of bed. I'm like, Yoshi, what's going on, man? And he's over by, like, the love seat. And he's down in, like, a pouncy-pounce position. His tail's wagging. And he's looking at me like, dude, there's something underneath this couch. You got to get underneath here. So I'm like, all right, all right. Sure, Yoshi. I'll get underneath the couch. I'll check it out. I turned the flashlight on my cell phone. I looked underneath. And I'm like, holy shit. I got a squirrel in my apartment. A fucking squirrel. So I'm in full panic mode. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I scoop Yoshi up really quick because I want to keep the squirrel away from Yoshi just in case the squirrel's got some kind of squirrel diseases that, you know, dogs just can't have, you know. And I'm like, I got to get the squirrel to his hell out of this place. So I scoop Yoshi up. I throw it in my bedroom. Close the door. I get a broom. And I'm like, all right, squirrel, here we go. Me and you, one-on-one, white to the death. Actually, I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to open up my – I'm on a second-floor apartment. I was going to open up the door. And kind of, shoot, go on now, get, go on, get, you little furry critter. Uh, go off into the 
to the city. Uh, you know, I live in North Buffalo, man. It's not like there's woods or anything. But anyways, uh, then as I, right before I open up the door to the porch, I look over at the cage that I have these chinchillas in. Now, I, uh, my wife and I inherited chinchillas back in August. Uh, it's a, that's a whole other story. But So we have these chinchillas living with us. They're cute as hell. They just, they just poop a lot, and they take baths and dust. It's kind of weird. Uh, but they're freaking adorable. But at the same time, they're like a useless pet because I can't cuddle them or anything like that. They just look cool, and they, they jump around a lot. They have like their own little hardcore parkour stuff. Well, I look over at the cage. The bottom of my chinchilla cage actually somehow came undone. And the it wasn't a squirrel that I saw underneath the couch. No, no, no. It was, in fact, Zelda and Sonya. The two little chinchillas who are, I guess I would be my dog's aunts. So the one was fine. The one was just kind of like balled up and was like, oh, God, these big hands is coming for me. So I, uh, I was, these, these chinchillas, their inner monologue uh, for me is they're British. So I just picture this chinchilla like, oh, heavens, this big old brute's going to scoop me up and put me back in my cage. Oh, I just made a barrel up into a nice, rabbit little ball. So I scooped the one up. No problem. You got to be really careful with these chilies, all right? Uh, apparently, if you grab them a little too hard, you could break their ribs. They just crush they're very, very delicate creatures, kind of like me. Uh, so the one, piece of cake. This other one, it seriously took me an hour and a half. I was going to come to the studio sooner to record, but I spent my whole fucking morning trying to wrangle a chinchilla. I finally threw my Halloween uh, Halloween 6 Curse of Michael Myers blanket on the chinchilla while it was going from the couch over to the dining room. And I tell you what, these things, they're quicker than a hiccup. So... Blanket landed on it, scooped it up in the cage. Boom. Who saves the day? This guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, good Lord. What a morning that was. Uh, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Arboreal Inc. I know I'm all over the place, man. I have no one to wrangle me today. Uh, Arboreal Inc. in North Buffalo. If you want to get a tattoo or a piercing, you go to them. Good God, do they do good work. Then again, I don't even know if they're going to be open with this whole impending doom of another shutdown, which is just, ah, that's another podcast, I'm sure. Uh, so you guys ever do anything weird? Like, uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. You guys are listening to the show right now. That's already pretty fucking weird uh, that you are willingly listening to a horror podcast when you could be doing so many other things. But anyways, uh, this weird thing that I've been doing all week is I got that box set. Uh, for uh, uh, my birthday, the Friday the 13th box set from uh, from Shout, and it's freaking awesome. It's so cool. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Well, last week I decided to put on uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the director's cut, which is actually pretty sweet. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I hate the movie. It's my least favorite of the, the Friday the 13th franchise, but I'm like, it's also the one that I've watched the least. Well, for some reason, for this whole week, and I kind of caught myself last night. I'm like, why am I doing this? I've watched Jason Goes to Hell, this director's cut, every day for the past week. And I don't know why. I, I don't like the movie. I mean, it's okay. I feel like I was always a little bit too hard on it. Uh, it's also kind of weird that I guess like the director was just like, hey, what what do we want to do with Jason uh, in, in regards to this episode? Like, how are we, we going to, like... But whatever, and Sean Cunningham actually cut him off and was like, "Fuck it, kill him." So that's why you got Jason getting killed in the the friggin' first act. Credits aren't even rolling yet. 
Uh, oh, yeah, the, the cold opener. Boom, let's blow Jason up. My biggest pet peeve about Jason Goes to Hell isn't the fact that it, like, doesn't really take place at a campground. I know there's one camping scene. You know, uh, the fact that it's it's people getting possessed by Jason Voorhees, which is really weird when you think about it. My big, like, pet peeve are the sounds that Jason is making in the movie. I, I, I don't get it. Jason shouldn't really make a sound. Uh, maybe once uh, here or there. Like, I know in, like, part two, part three, he kind of let out a... Burr, burr, something like that. In this movie, he's like... He swings the machete at the the agent at the beginning, the naked lady, and he's like, Ugh! and then uh, looks down at her, and he's like, huh? chases her, and he's, and then of course when all the agents show up and and the spotlights and everything, also not just that too. Okay, maybe I have a lot of pet peeves with this movie. Jason would have known that these guys were there. Jason's smart. He's no he's no idiot. And it's, I'm not going along the lines of the 2009 reboot where he has bells and whistles rigged all over the campground, like booby traps and shit like that. Macau Macaulay Culkin it, Home Alone style, Jason Voorhees edition. No, just the fact that Jason is everywhere at once at this campground and he knows everything. He knows what you're doing and, and he sees you without even seeing you. To have everyone get the slip on Jason just kind of... Uh, you know, I, of course, I'm complaining about a movie that came out in 1993, and I shouldn't be, but, you know, here we are. Um, the other thing, too, though, man, the kills in Jason Goes to Hell are awesome. How about the scene with the, the campers that they're getting it on? And, oh, I don't know if I don't remember this in the original version, but in this director's cut version, there's a part where there's a there's a couple. The other girl is out in uh, um She's outside the tent. The two are just like, hey, we're going to just borrow the tent, and this guy's going to plow me. Um, and she's like, yeah, cool, cool. I'm just going to sleep out here. So she gets sliced to ribbons by the coroner who's possessed by Jason. And then we have uh, the two inside. Now, this sex scene, it felt like it went on. Now, I was – every night, too, when I'm watching this movie, I'm eating edibles and uh, taking, taking some rips from the bubbler here. You know, and time kind of goes slower. When you're when you're that high, this sex scene, it felt like it was an eternity long. I'm not complaining. The chick was super hot. Uh, and there's a part where the dude takes her panties off and she reaches down and she kind of did that spread them thing. You know what I'm saying, ladies? You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Put that right here. Well, she does that in the movie, and I'm just like, wait a minute, what? Like, no, this isn't how you're supposed to have sex in movies. This is this is wild. This is like X-rating stuff here. And the kill when she's on top with the uh, the parking sign right through her or the stake, whatever it is, right through her chest with the old uh, Valak vampires gag of getting split right down the middle. Oh my god, that was awesome. Now, of course, we don't see the guy get killed, but. I'm okay with that because, holy hell, that gag, whew, man, that was awesome. The kills in the movie are cool. Acting, terrible. I mean, I like, did like Crete and Duke, though. Whoa. I just realized I went on a huge Jason Goes to Hell rant there. Rant there. Hope I still have you guys. Uh, yo, so I'm sure a lot of you guys know about this. Uh, Castle Freak is getting a, uh, a reboot. 
a little bit of a remake here, but it's not stirring up a lot of controversy because Barbara Crampton is backing the movie. She's producing it, and she has a big hand in making sure it, uh, you know, gets distributed, the distribution and everything. Uh, now, the movie is directed by Tate Steinsek. He's actually a makeup effects artist. Um, he did special effects, the, all, all the special effects in that uh, the movie that's my favorite movie from this year so far, Scare Package. If you've watched Scare Package, those are some of the best gags I've seen in a long time. The gore is mwah, top notch. It's phenomenal. And it's it's just good. It's, but it's not like Tarantino gore where it's just spraying everywhere. Everything just looks good. Good amount of guts, splatter. The makeup's really good in it, too. So he does good work, for sure. But he's directing the movie. This is, like, directorial debut. I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, I, I think maybe Barbara should have went for somebody a, a little bit more uh, experience. But I know she likes to give back to the horror community, and she wants to see it blossom and grow. So that's I'm, I'm a little bit torn by that there. I mean, Stuart Gordon, who is absolutely phenomenal, who has used Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs in Reanimator from Beyond and 1995's uh, The Full Moon uh, Castle Freak. <clears throat> he, uh, I mean, he directed Castle Freak. And that's... <clears throat> sorry. Uh and he's one of the best directors ever in the horror genre. Why not match that energy and and find somebody that that has a little bit more experience and all that? I maybe budget played a factor in it. I watched the trailer for the movie. The trailer just came out a couple days ago. They're kind of taking away from the original story with uh, a family, you know, uh, alcoholic dad, grieving mother, blind daughter. Uh, they're, uh, uh, you know, and they, you, you find out the, the story is, is that the, they're inheriting this castle and he has Jeffrey Combs character actually has a brother in the castle that was, uh, he was a bastard kid and was locked up and just beat and tormented every day and fed scraps. And eventually, uh, he gets loose in the castle and chaos ensues, uh, Castle Freak is, like I said, one of my favorite movies. Uh, funny little story behind Castle Freak. Uh, for you wrestling fans out there, I know you guys know that I'm 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 involved with wrestling. Uh, I'm not anywhere near a level as like my friends are that are in AEW. Well, uh, Allie from AEW and the Blade—they're married. Uh, the Blade was out of town. My buddy, uh, Jesse, he was out of town, and my wife and I, we went over to keep uh, Allie company. You know, she was having just like a lonely night, whatever. And, uh, we're, you know, we're hanging out, and my wife ends up, she, she, my wife has this amazing superpower where she could fall asleep anywhere. So she zonks out right away. Allie and I are just like, let's throw on a movie. And I'm like, yo, I got the perfect movie to watch right now. Castle Freak. I haven't seen Castle Freak in years. I completely forgot about the whole scene where the freak actually literally eats the girl's pussy. Not just like, like straight up eats it because he watches Jeffrey Combs do it earlier. So he's like, he took eating pussy literal. Uh, needless to say, Allie was uh, a bit turned off by the movie and also really weirded out to think that 
I would think that she would enjoy Castle Freak. Well, you know, hey man, whatever. I maybe I should have maybe I should have went for Reanimator. Uh, this movie is going to be coming out uh, December fourth on video on demand. Uh, Kathy Charles penned the movie. She had uh, she hasn't really done anything either. This is her first like writing credit. I know she did. Uh, I guess the biggest thing she did is she did uh, uh, sound on Guillermo del Toro's uh, "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." Back on this Tate Steinsick movie, uh, Steinsick guy uh, who did the special effects in Scare Package, he actually also did special effects in some of the Sharknado movies. And his big claim to Hollywood fame, Amazing Spider-Man, back in 2012. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens here. Oh, yeah, they totally... I, I'm sorry, like I said, I have no one to wrangle me today. I have ADD. I'm, I'm, I'm so balls deep in coffee right now. I have at least 400 milligrams of caffeine pumping through my body, not to mention the, the craves morning I had with the chilies. Um, so, oh, God, where am I? Yes, okay. They are taking away they're, – they're done with that, that like story of the family and stuff. It looks like it's just like a married young couple, maybe engaged. She's blind, no kids, and they have friends that go inherit this castle, whatever. But it turns out that there's stuff living inside the walls. The castle is like a, a built on some type of evil. It's containing evil. And now that the people are living in the castle, the evil – is unleashed upon us, and now all hope is lost. So check the trailer out. Castle Freak, 2020 Castle Freak. It'll be out in a few weeks on video on demand. I know uh, the whole issue with theaters not being open. Yeah, man, I'll probably end up dropping money and watching this. I'm just such a sucker for Barbara Crampton. She hits me with that smile and those eyes of hers. Oh, good Lord. Hottest 60-year-old ever. Uh, September 13th, 2005. What is that? What's you know going on with that date there? That was actually the debut of the CW show Supernatural. It's kind of hard to think that it's 2020 right now, and Supernatural is actually still on. You got two brothers chasing demons, chasing monsters on the CW. This show had no right going into 15 seasons, but yet here we are. Back in, uh, I want to say like nine years ago, I'm in my kitchen cooking, and I guess at the time she was just my girlfriend, my wife. She threw on Supernatural, and I looked around the corner, and I'm like, what are you doing watching this? This looks dumb. Uh, she threw it on Netflix. She's like, I'm just giving it a shot. No big deal, whatever. And uh, I think a few minutes go by. I'm still cooking. She hit pause, came into the kitchen. She's like, yo, there's a Wendigo in this episode. It's kind of scary. Stop what you're doing. Come out here and watch it with me. After that episode, I'll tell you what. I was hooked on Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural is extremely hokey. Goofy is all get out. And a lot of the storylines are recycled. A lot of the dialogue is the same from every season. But it's just fun. It's great. It's so cool. I love the Winchesters. Um, if you haven't gotten into the show yet, I highly recommend it because it suffers from the fact that it's CW and there's times where they go as far as to say frig, this friggin' demon. 
when you know they're just they just want to drop all the words and uh one brother he hooks up with a lot of chicks and it's like man you know this this show needs some nudity uh but the gore is definitely up there um i feel like this is one of those shows that probably would have been better if it was on hbo but would not have lasted as long i know the show was supposed to end after season five but due to demand they just continued seasons and they just kind of kept going and going and going well it turns out that all of this is going to be coming to an end oh my god okay so i am recording on the 18th november 18th it shows here that the very last episode of supernatural is going to premiere november 19th that is tomorrow a grown 37 year old man will cry watching this oh yeah absolutely i mean i haven't been there since 2005 but Supernatural has been a part of my life for the past nine years. It's something that I've been binge watching, binging on Netflix. And you kind of fall off a little bit, but you could always go back to it. Um, it's just so, so much lore and so much depth in this uh, in this series. It's good. It's I, I'm, I'm just going to say it's good. I love it. The final episode is tomorrow. So I guess uh, as I hold up my 10th cup of coffee, I say thank you, Sam and Dean Winchester, you know, uh, for for saving the world. Uh, <laughs> yo, Michael Bay. God damn it. Michael Bay's pandemic movie Songbird will be out on video on demand uh, December 11th for $20. The trailer is out for it. I kind of have a rule of thumb now where I stay away from anything Michael Bay does. Yo, and uh, I don't, this isn't really like uh, worthy in the sense of movies or anything like that, but this kind of reminded me of the scene in Alien. There's a picture floating around. I'll put it up on our social media. I'll put it up on Twitter. I'll put it up on Instagram. I'm not going to post it, post it, but I'll story it. There was a stork that was flying, and it, a new, I think it was like out somewhere in New York. Stork was flying. And you had a professional photographer taking pictures of birds. And an eel burst out of the bird's chest while the bird was mid-flight. This picture, it's like a cursed image. And it's <laughs> seriously like from aliens. So Stork scoops up an eel, gobbles it down. And the eel, just like Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit, fought his way out right through the bird's chest. Very impressive also very horrifying and i know if will was here he would say damn nature you scary at least i think he would um ronin flicks will be releasing a three disc set of i spit on your grave now i'm not really i i know i spit on your grave is very important in the horror genre in the exploitation side of it there's just during that time in the 70s, I feel like there's an awful lot of uh, rape revenge movies. I'm not really a fan of that genre. I'm not really a fan of revenge films to begin with. I guess maybe the one that I, I actually do enjoy would be Hostel. Mainly because nobody got raped, you know? Uh, just some Americans got killed. So, yeah, if you're if you're into the I Spit on Your Grave, I know I Spit on Your Grave is important because it focused more on the characters, the development, the traumatic event that occurred to the woman. I forgot the the character's name. And, of course, her revenge. Where 
it seems like all those other rape revenge films of that and in, in that genre, they kind of just focus on the gross part and not really anything else. So I tend to kind of stay away from this genre. I know there's a lot of you that defend a Serbian film. I don't. It's just not my thing. I don't need shock. The world is fucking shocking enough. Um, but yeah, that'll be coming out, uh, I believe, in the next couple months. You can pre-order it from Ronin Flicks. I guess they are going really deep in this with this three-disc box set. And they're going all out, pulling out all the stops. I mean, I'm sure it'll be another, oh, geez, who knows, year until there's another box set, whatever. There's been so many freaking Phantasm box sets. It's disgusting. Uh, box sets are sweet, and they are they are really cool. They're gorgeous, but it kind of chaps my ass a little when you get one, and then just like a couple years later, there's an even specialer edition of whatever coming out, and you're just like, all right, I guess I'll drop another 100 bucks on this box, box set because I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm a collector, and I love this stuff. Yo, so... We all love James Gunn. James Gunn, of course, from Guardians of the Galaxy fame. But before that, Homeboy did the movie Slither, which we all know and love. And he's worked a great deal with Troma and Lloyd Kaufman. James Gunn is working on the new Suicide Squad movie, and which is actually looking pretty awesome. If you want to know more about uh, Suicide Squad and other comic book-related movies, check out another show here on the network called The Panel Discussion. I'm also on that show. My guest last week, Schmitty, is on the show as well. And I, it's a different version of me. It's not my show. I don't have to do research. <laughs> um, I mean, I do a little bit, but I'm a little more unhinged on there. Uh, so check that, check that show out. Um, well, anyway, Sly, Sylvester Stallone. We'll be joining the cast of Suicide Squad as Booster Gold. That is very, very exciting. And uh, Suicide Squad is definitely something that I will be looking forward to. Absolutely hated that last Suicide Squad movie. Honestly, can't even remember anything from it. Uh, just the fact that you're going to make the Joker. Well, first off, I can't tell you guys how much I absolutely hate Jared Leto. I hate him. I hate him so much. Like, I just can't stand the guy. Um, the fact that he was cast as Joker just, is, I think, is absolute weak sauce. And the whole, like, just picturing, you know, Mr. J sitting in a chair and a tattoo artist being like, oh, what will it be today, sir, Joker, sir? And then just like, oh, put damaged on my head because I'm damaged. <laughs> like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> Shitty scratcher tattoos. Um, yeah, but hey, new Suicide Squad looks promising. Looks like a good time. Uh, this one I am really, really excited for. Blumhouse. Blumhouse, 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 who I have a love-hate relationship with is coming out with a movie that reminds me an awful lot of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. I thoroughly enjoy Happy Death Day, and I even I love the sequel, Happy Death Day to you. Um, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to the third installment of that series. Jason Blum has gone on record saying that, yes, yes, we, it will happen. 
you know, just not anytime soon kind of thing. And the guy that's working that worked on those movies is just like, well, yeah, I, I really like to do this movie. I am I am pushing for it. I, I it's definitely got to be done. He left you with a cliffhanger. I just need somebody to back up to my house with a truckload of money. So that kind of sucks. Uh, well, anyhow, this movie is called Freaky, not to be confused with Freaky Friday. However, kind of the same concept. Freaky has a uh, a serial killer played by Vince Vaughn, who goes after this girl, Catherine Newton, a high school, not a cheerleader, a big dork. Uh, she's the mascot of the football team. Uh, eventually stalks her, goes to kill her, but he stabs her with some kind of ancient, mythical knife. And they wake up the next day with their bodies swapped. Whoa! So you got a teenage girl in Vince Vaughn's six-foot-six saggy body, and you got Vince Vaughn in uh, this teenager's body pretending to be a teenager but killing teens. And meanwhile, you got Vince Vaughn, uh, who's you know being—he's got this teenage girl in him, uh, and she's trying to you know prove to everybody this other chick is actually the killer. I'm not the killer. That kind of thing. It looks absolutely awesome it looks bananas it looks like a lot of fun and with everything going on in the world right now we need movies like this we, stuff like scare package this movie freaky coming out i i'm really really excited about it this will be coming out i'm so freaking sorry i did not get the actual date for it i know it's oh uh freaky came out in theaters on the 13th so friday friday the 13th came out in select theaters obviously because of Oh, geez, I don't know. Look around. Uh, came out in select theaters, but fear not, my friends, especially here in New York where theaters are really effing scarce. You can check out Freaky coming out in a couple weeks on video on demand. Also for $20. This one I don't care about. I am going to drop 20 bucks on this. I'm going to have some friends over. I'm going to have my co-host Will over. We're going to watch this movie, and we're going to give you a spoiler-free review on the show. I'm just, I am tickled pink about this, about this movie, and I just can't freaking wait. Um, okay, so well, that was the loudest piece of paper ever. Uh, Peter Stormare, who uh, we all know and love, but good God, do you know who I'm talking about? No, you don't. Maybe some of you do, especially the real big nerds. He's the guy that played Lucifer in Constantine. He was also the crazy Russian in Armageddon. He was the German in Big Lebowski. He's always known as that guy with the, you could do the Russian accent or the German accent. He's in everything and he's awesome. And he's so good at everything he does. He was even in that uh, video game. Uh, did, oh, Dawn. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn? Yeah. Ah, shit. All right. Show's over. Um, he actually just posted on social media that Constantine 2 will be in the works. So there you have it. We're going to have another Constantine movie. Hopefully they kind of stray away from the CGI special effects. I would like to see more demons 
uh, devils and monsters with some practical special effects, which it's starting to look like practical effects are making a bit of a comeback. Now, this is a big Hollywood movie. I don't think that'll be the case, unfortunately, here. But I am really excited about it. I'd love to see Keanu Reeves reprise his role as John Constantine, especially now that Keanu Reeves is in his 50s and not a younger man uh, from the original movie. And Peter Stormare will be reprising the role as Lucifer. Everyone says that he played... Okay, maybe not everyone. A lot of people say that he has the best rendition of Lucifer, Satan. I disagree. I think the best Satan what we ever had in cinema is going to be Vigo Mortensen from the movie The Prophecy, starring Christopher Walken. He is absolutely bone-chilling in it. Uh, at the scene where he, uh, he... And he's not in it a lot, just like Peter Stormare. Very short. Very short little cameo here. He shows up. Uh, and he says he delivers a line where he's like, I could lay you out and fill your mouth with your mother's feces or we could talk. I love that. And I love Vigo Mortensen. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Constantine 2. Pretty exciting stuff, guys. All right. Now, I'm not going to review a movie today. I feel like that's something that Will and I do together and we do it pretty well. I think. I don't know. I'm going to talk about some sequels. I'm going to talk about some sequels that I think suck. Like, like really, really suck. Really disappointed in these sequels. Uh, you know what? Actually, let me backpedal a little bit before I get into that. Yo, you guys that have Shudder, check out Blood Vessel, yes? Yeah. Blood Vessel, that uh, World War II vampire movie. It takes place on a boat. It's a very slow... Uh, this is obviously spoiler-free. It's a very slow build. Very, very, very slow build. And honestly, a little bit too slow for my taste. And I like slow burns. Uh, I felt like they should have probably have cut out some of the dragging scenes and went right to the good stuff. Um, and when the good stuff hit, it was good, but also... A little weird for my taste, too. Not a good weird. Um, anyhow, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. I kind of dug it. Um, I might have to go back and revisit it. I was pretty tired when I was watching it. <laughs> Excuses. I was sure I was tired when I was watching it. And my glasses were at LensCrafters for that hour. And I was swimming in a pool that had too much chlorine in it. And I had a sty in my left eye. And the other eye, it's been blind from the scurvy. Um... All right, Pumpkinhead 2. What the hell happened to that movie? You had Pumpkinhead. Now, every I think a lot of my the listeners and friends of mine, they know Pumpkinhead is very near and dear to my heart. I love the creature design. I love the poem. I love Stan Winston's telling of the tale of Pumpkinhead. And it feels like Pumpkinhead takes place in the middle of absolute nowhere. They never tell you the town or anything like that. It's just... Ed Harley and this other family and then a witch somewhere off in the boonies and just a lot of nothing, a lot of nothing, a lot of desert mixed with uh, this may be like a New Mexico town 
maybe somewhere uh, bordering Mexico, Texas area, something like that. Definitely out west. Um, I mean, shit. For all I know, Pumpkinhead could take place in Nevada. But Pumpkinhead 2, it kind of just... It, it, first off, the sequel came out way too late. I, I feel too much time passed um, for a straight-up sequel. Maybe there should have been another story, another retelling of Pumpkinhead. Instead, Pumpkinhead 2 really kind of like retcons uh, the first movie. Haggis, they, they destroy the witch's character, Haggis. They have her get hit with a car. She dies in a hospital. It's really goofy, and it's almost like she's a good guy when she she isn't she's supposed to be this this witch that sold her soul to the devil and has the ability to conjure a revenge demon and in doing so will damn the person who wants the demon conjured to get revenge to hell so she's not good um and it's also you get the dad from hellraiser he plays kind of a shifty sheriff with uh with oh he's got a he's got a pass with a secret oh boy and also it, it's changing the 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 revenge demon to that he was actually haggis's kid who had deformities and was re abused and had a name his name was tommy and somewhere down the road turns into pumpkin head and oh it's just pumpkin head too is just such a mess and they end up killing Pumpkinhead in it. They unload a bunch of shotguns on him and drop him in a well. Yeah, I'm giving spoilers, but the movie came out in 92. I don't care. Um, other than, you know, a few cameos from Kane Hodder. I think Linnea Quigley was in it. And a few others. The movie sucks. Uh, it's The Revenge Demon doesn't actually go after anyone in... Uh, like, the, there are teens that they go after because Haggis got hit by a car. Um full of teens but the, the pumpkin head is also going after these adults that killed him when he was a kid and he leaves a distinct splatter on the wall in the shape of wings hence the title pumpkin head 2 blood wings why are there wings pumpkin head doesn't fly he doesn't have wings he doesn't flap around he's not a fucking bird he's not a bat he, he he's a re ah all right, so yeah, that one's bad, but then have you ever seen Pumpkinhead 3 or 4? I don't even want to talk about those movies because fart city, man. Um, I still know what you did last summer. A lot of people put this on their list of worst sequels, worst horror sequels, and where it's not good, it does have some charm and appeal. I'm recently kind of going back and rewatching these 90s horror movies with uh, kind of open eyes and, and almost feeling nostalgic. I'm 37 years old and watching these movies, looking at the style, hearing the music, and just the, the, the people that are in the movies and stuff, it, it's kind of like comforting in a way. And it's just fun. And seeing a cameo from Jeffrey Combs in the movie too and a very young Jack Black um who plays uh one of the a stoner working at this hotel um it's it's just fun man uh you know and then you have jennifer love hewitt reprising her role and freddie prince jr he's back in it too um and of course you know we have the killer coming back again and it turns out that it's his son 
and the son and the dad they team up together at the end and it's so cheesy it's so 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 cheesy and it is a bad movie but damn it i i feel like it gets a little too much hate and i i actually kind of enjoy it. i still know what you did last summer i was at the eastern hills mall here in uh here in buffalo it's one of those dying malls that's almost just like a flea market at this point and i bought a giant and i mean giant i still know what you did last summer movie poster that's framed i don't know why i just felt compelled and i needed to have it so that is actually in the hallway coming upstairs to my apartment uh lost boys 2 the tribe again way 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 too many years into the future uh you're gonna try to do a sequel it just doesn't work man um i mean it could have it could have if you had all the if you had a better story a better director better actors instead it just played on a little bit of nostalgia and just terrible 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 performances from everybody and especially Corey feldman uh, I, I feel like maybe he was just high the entire time, but, you know, big surprise there, right? Um, I know that movie sprung another sequel, and now the TV show, The Lost Boys, which they were going to replace the Frog Brothers which with the Frog Sisters, is, I believe, now dead in the water. The pilot was rejected. And they said, fire everybody. The network said, fire everybody. Rewrite it, reshoot it, do it again. We don't like it. So I haven't heard much from the Lost Boys series. It kind of sounds like it's just in developmental hell or dead in the water. I feel like the Lost Boys is something that will happen again. And these, these sequels that not a lot of people know about, I think, will just disappear. Uh, Paranormal Activity 2. That movie sucks. You guys know that. Part three was pretty good. I mean, there's a couple good jumps in part two, but you got the sister from the first movie that we didn't care about, married to some guy that we just seriously don't care about. I don't know. There's something with a baby. Nah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it on that. Um, Jack Frost is such a guilty pleasure of mine. I watch it every Christmas. Not on Christmas, but around Christmas. Jack Frost is so much fun. You got a crazy serial killer that turns into a mutant snowman. Hello, what more can you want, right? Uh, it's so much fun. It's a full moon, uh, a full moon movie, which you know right there. Boom, I'm already sold on that. Uh, it was filmed up in one of the coldest places in Alaska, where they film a lot of movies that take place in the winter time, because uh, it's always guaranteed you're going to get a lot of snow. It turned out that when they were the the filming schedule while they were filming at this town was actually one of the warmest winters they've ever had, and they had a hell of a time getting snow on set. A lot of the snow on set was fake. A lot of the actors were dying because they were in coats, hats, and stuff like that, and had to act like they were cold when actual actually they were sweating. Uh, Jack Frost is so much damn fun, such a guilty pleasure. Plus, you got the chick from. Uh, American Pie, and you get to see her naked in that again. She's such a fox. I forgot the actress's name. I'm sorry. Uh, but then you get Jack Frost 2. Jack Frost 2 that, I mean, it could be fun. It could be good. 
But it's not, man. It just shouldn't have happened with if you have if you have such a low budget for a, a movie uh, that uh, that you know it's gonna just come across as garbage, terrible effects. Uh, you can't afford proper sets. You can't afford good makeup. You can't afford uh, really anything good and substantial. Why, why make the movie? I understand like you want to get your vision out and all, but slow down. Like slow down. Try to get some more money. Uh, trying to make a proper follow up. I feel like that happened with the last, um, the last Hellraiser movie, Hellraiser Judgment. Uh, Hellraiser Judgment. I, I feel like it was rushed. I feel like they needed more of a budget. And I just think that the guy that did it, who did the... Uh, the guy that did Hellraiser Judgment was the guy that actually was did the special effects makeup in, like, the last five Hellraiser movies. He just really wanted to make a Hellraiser movie. So much so that um, it, he had low budget, rushed it. Uh, it upset Doug because uh, he wanted Doug Bradley to sign these uh, sign these contracts saying that he wouldn't talk about the film, whatever, and Doug was just kind of like, I've never signed anything like this before. Why can't you just take my word for it? I don't like contracts, whatever, and walked off. So they got uh, Paul Stevens, who was a, a theater actor to play Pinhead, who did a better job than the fat guy they got in uh, Hellraiser. Oh, Jesus Christ. What was that, Armageddon or something? I, I can't remember. The one where they – it was the one before this. Also, you know, not Doug, some other dude, some other asshole playing Pinhead. But, you know, the guy was fat. I don't know why you want to get a fat guy to play Pinhead. I think tall and skinny is the way to go with that. Um, yeah, well, oh boy, went off on a rant there. Uh, so that kind of, that's what Jack Frost 2 kind of suffers from. I, I feel like it was just rushed, very low budget. Uh, I, it it could have been fun because it's, it's the sheriff. He's on vacation. He's in a tropical setting. And you got all these tiny little Jack Frost, these like little snowballs. He like multiplied, uh, and they're killing people almost like critters. But it's not cute. It's not fun. It wasn't even funny. Um, and you know me, guys. I like my horror the same way I like my pizza, extra cheesy. But this just was not doing it for me at all. Well, all right. This next one here, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Two. Gets a lot, gets a lot of hate, and I could absolutely see why. It's just a retelling of the first movie, more than the first half. I'm talking like first and second act, are just a retelling of the first movie. It's turns out there was another brother, the br- uh, this is the brother of you know Punish the the Santa killer from the first movie. Of course, you know they watch their parents. Uh, get killed by Santa Claus, uh, mother violently attacked by Santa, um, and they end up in a in an orphanage, whatever. <clears throat> well, uh, this is all a retelling of the brother in an in insane asylum because apparently, oh no, he's crazy too. Uh, and then eventually he breaks out and does killing himself. Now, uh, d- doesn't kill himself; he kills just like the way his brother kind of did. Uh, now, this movie has, it really shouldn't have been made to begin with. Uh, I don't really know the whole story behind it. And there's a reason for that, too. Uh, the one reason why I'm giving you guys this list is that next week, I want you guys to actually tell us what to review um, off of this list of bad sequels. Will and I will do all the research, and we'll bring you 
we'll bring you a hell of a review of whatever movie you choose off of this list here. Um, so Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, it does have that amazing scene with uh, Garbage Day! And boom, shoots a guy taking the garbage out. We all love that, right? Come on. It's great. Uh, so I guess that kind of makes up for the fact that it's just a really shitty sequel. Boggy Creek 2, the legend continues. What? I didn't even know this existed. Uh, I've never seen Boggy Creek 2. I did see Legend of Boggy Creek, uh, which kind of was ahead of its time with like that fake documentary style uh, horror movie. Uh, also, The Legend of Boggy Creek has a really cool story behind it. I don't know if any of you guys know this or not, uh, but the Falk Monster, the Falk Monster that's down there in the Texarkana, uh, the Boggy Creek Monster, if you will. Uh, this, <laughs> the story behind this is really cool. The director of the movie went to the town uh, uh, right, right there in Texarkana, and he told everyone in this town, the sheriff, the mayor, uh, and all the people that he had in the movie, is that when this movie makes money, everyone here is going to get a cut. All right? So the town's folk of the, of the, of the Falk area, of the Falk monster, in the thicker thicket woods of the Swamp Walters, aren't exactly the smartest people you could i mean obviously right it was all just a con like uh a handshake and agreement like well all right and he's here new york city director he gonna come down here he gonna film us all eating eggs and talking about the falcon monster and he gonna give us a big old cut of that city money mm -hmm. i just knows it he's got he's got a trust and handshake and truth in his eyes. But you know what? You can never trust a Yankee. The Legend of Boggy Creek made over $25 million. The guy that did the movie took the money and said, Fuck you. Kept it all and just bounced. Leaving the town of, uh, of Falk and Texarkana, that area there, in the dust. So Boggy Creek 2. I don't even know who wrote the movie. I don't know who directed it. I don't know if it's even that documentary style. But if you guys pick this one, damn it, I will find out. Oh, good Lord. This may be the worst on the list. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Uh, this came out less than a year after the 1999 hit A Blair Witch. Which, uh, which, which? <laughs> uh, the Blair Witch, I mean, that movie broke records. And it absolutely killed it. This movie terrified me. I was 16 years old when it came out. And much like uh, everyone else, you know, not having, like, the internet and stuff like that. I mean, the internet was around, but, I mean, we just were downloading porn. Um, and that was at the time where it was like, no, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Now that's all we effing do. Um, so Blair Witch 2 came out less than a year afterwards. It's a, everyone knows the story behind that. I don't really have to get into it, but that's another one on the list here of worst horror mo or horror movies. The one thing I will say about it is there is a scene in the movie where the dude from, uh, oh my God, what is the name of that USA show? Uh, Burn Notice. The dude from Burn Notice is in it. Uh, and uh, uh, some other people that I've seen before. I think there's some nudity in it from Pretty Hot Babe. 
which is pretty cool. You know, hey, man, you put boobs in a movie? It's pretty cool. Um, there's a scene where they're all in this graveyard, and they're drinking and doing drugs, and it's a montage scene. And it goes on for about a good five, ten minutes here. How much these people drank and how many how much drugs they did, none of them should have been alive, let alone wake up and just like, oh, I'm a little foggy. Like, dude, there is a montage of somebody chugging a bottle of vodka. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone eats a big handful of mushrooms in one of the, the scenes. It's just it's it's so I love that that's my takeaway from it. My biggest pet peeve of the movie is the fact that these people should have died of alcohol poisoning or been hung over for at least two days. Not the fact that it just sucks. Um American Psycho 2, which, come on. If you guys saw American Psycho, we know what happens. It's it's all kind of in his head, right? American Psycho 2, it's supposed to be a girl that one of his victims that got away. Uh, you know, Patrick Bateman had a victim that got away, and she eventually starts killing. Um, pff, yuck City. Um, the Exorcist 2, of course... The Exorcist 2 is not going to be uh, making that movie going in. You know it's not going to be as good as The Exorcist. Uh, but, of course, it's a cash grab. Linda, uh, Linda Blair, she's back in it. It turns out that, that the demon, uh, Pazuzu, is still inside of her. It never really left. It's just been laying dormant, and it's really, really weak. And, like, James Earl Jones is in it. I don't know. There's something about a bug demon. Uh, that's flying around. Uh, yeah, Exorcist 2, The Heretic. And if you've ever encountered Linda Blair, you know that Linda Blair actually despises the horror genre, and she hates horror fans, even though this is what she made her career out of. After The Exorcist, it is just nonstop horror movie after horror movie. She's in, she's even in parodies of The Exorcist. I forgot the name of it. I uh, off the top of my head, but I know Leslie Nielsen is in it and she's in it like this is your bread and butter. This is what brought you to the dance and for you to be just like so shitty towards your your loyal fan base and the genre that, you know, got you paid, got you recognized, turn you into a celebrity. I just think that kind of sucks. That's why I've always taken the guys like uh, Bill Mosley, you know, Felissa Rose. People like that that love the genre and they know it's their bread and butter, but also they're having a real good time with it. They love the cons. They love the fans. They love the horror fandom and they love the roles they get in the horror genre uh, where you get someone like Linda Blair who just kind of feels like she had the rotten luck of playing as Reagan and is cursed to live the rest of her days as the girl possessed from The Exorcist. Uh, Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2, which is actually a lot of fun. But at the same time, like, I mean, Ghoulies... A lot of people look at Ghoulies as, like, uh, the second cousin to Gremlins. I mean, Ghoulies, it was just like, yo, this is a satanic cult, and you got these little creatures kind of helping a Satanist out. Whatever. I mean, it kind of sucked. The whole satanic panic thing of the eighties. It 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 was a little a little too cheesy for my taste. Uh, I am a fan of Ghoulies. 
not that much. Ghoulies 2, it added humor to the genre, and I'm not even going to get into Ghoulies 3. Uh, the Howling series, now that, whew, man, oh man. You have The Howling, which is one of my favorite werewolf movies. Of course, everybody likes uh, John Landis's uh, uh, American Werewolf in London. We all love it. It's everyone's favorite werewolf movie, but not mine. Mine is actually The Howling uh, with Dee Wallace. I, I love the movie. I love the transformation scene in it. I love the story. I love the ending. Now, you get into the sequels, which if you ever, 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 ever want to kill some brain cells in some time that you'll never, ever get back, watch all the Howling movies. The Howling 2, by uh, I'm not going to say is the worst of the sequels, but it's definitely up there. Uh, Christopher Lee couldn't even save this movie. Uh, the Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. It, it It's the only one that's tied to the first movie. Um, so I guess that's kind of cool. Um, and then the third one might be one of the worst movies ever made. And that's... Uh, I'm going to go on and say that I, I think it's worse than Veronica. Uh, that came out last year, Glenn Danzig's movie. Um, and Howling 3 is, is definitely probably the worst horror movie ever made. Uh, Basket Case 2. Basket Case 2 uh, takes place right after the events of the first movie. Uh, you have Belial and John, or, I'm sorry, Belial and Dwayne. Uh, they're taken to a hospital. Turns out they didn't die. Um, and they're kind of nabbed up by this lady who takes in freaks. Uh, so she's got a whole house of freaks living with her. Uh, it's kind of like, I don't want to say this, Nightbreed in a way where they're all just kind of hidden in this lady's house. Um, and they're all kind of goofy looking. They all have like really long faces, big heads, whatever. But their hands are normal. And it's like they only had the special effects put on their face and they have normal people hands. Kind of weird. Um, you know, and they're all just living at this house free away from society that shuns them. And upstairs in the attic, there is a female version of Belial who Belial gets totally busy with and they pop out some babies which leads us to Basket Case 3. Basket Case 2 is pretty bad. Um, I But I do enjoy how the roles kind of twist from uh, Belial is like, you know, I'm home, I'm cool now, and all that shit from the last movie, pff, water under the bridge. Sure, I killed a lot of people. You know what, Dwayne? Sorry for killing that girl that you were into and raping her dead body and, you know, falling out of uh, the hotel window, almost killing us. But, you know, dude, I'm cool now. I'm cool now. It's no big deal. Like I said, water on the bridge. And somehow Dwayne is the one that's kind of driven to insanity uh, with a little bit of a twist at the end. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind covering that one. Leprechaun 2, it's considered one of the worst sequels as well. I actually kind of like Leprechaun 2. Uh, the one thing about the Leprechaun movies, and I, this isn't anything that's like straight up like, hey, this is a different Leprechaun. Well, guess what? It turns out every movie is a different leprechaun, even though it's the uh, even though we have like the same actor, we have uh, it's like all the all the movies. It's a it's actually a different leprechaun. Yeah, you have like Warwick Davis reprising the role and it looking 
exactly the same as he did in the first one with all the sequels. He is actually a different leprechaun. So apparently they all look the same. Uh, the This whole time with all these sequels, the original leprechaun is still in the well, which we go back to with the last leprechaun movie. We go back to the well. That leprechaun actually gets unleashed. But, however, it's a different actor, not Warwick Davis. But the actor that played that leprechaun was actually pretty man's game and pretty amazing. I actually love that last leprechaun movie. Leprechaun 2, it definitely gets a bad rap. I don't think it's the worst of the series. I, it's definitely not as good as the first one. But it had a really fun scene. Uh, a real fun scene where one of the lead uh, the leads in the movie, who I believe is like, the uncle of uh, this one kid, whatever, goes into a drinking contest with the leprechaun, um, where the guy is uh, actually drinking water and the leprechaun is getting hammered. It's it's definitely a fun scene, um, and the whole deal is is like the leprechaun he wants to get married and find himself a mate. Um, it turns out. That in order to spawn another leprechaun, his mate will die while giving birth. So kind of a, a lose-lose situation for everyone but the leprechaun. Uh, the Gate 2. The Gate 2 is just god-awful. The Gate is a really awesome movie. It's fun. It's almost like, I don't want to say Monster Squad, but in a way it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, you got the kids that play the record backwards, and it turns out there's a portal to hell in their backyard, and you got those cool little demon creature thingies that are all stop motion, and then a big old giant creature version of it, um, and it's just a cool, cool movie, it's so much fun, everybody loves The Gate, well, The Gate 2 absolutely sucks, um, that one is, I believe, I haven't watched The Gate 2 in years. It's something about they uh, they end up opening up the portal, and they catch one of the little demons, and they have to burn something that's precious to them, and then they can get all of their wishes, or they can they get wishes granted, but then the wishes only last for a day, and everything you wish for turns to shit. Uh, and then, like, actual literal shit. Uh and then, I don't know, some other stuff happened, some, some other monsters, some demon things, and very forgettable. Uh, that's on the list of worst part twos. Uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Do you guys remember that movie? I mean, other than Bush being on the soundtrack with Machine Head, you remember that song? Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Like, thank you so much, Gavin, because I, for one, forgot how to breathe, and I'd like to thank your at-time girlfriend for teaching me how to spell bananas because that shit is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. I am one of those people that had a really hard time remembering how to spell bananas, and thanks to Gwen Stefani... She changed that for me. Now, if only there was some pop star out there that decided to spell Mississippi out, and then, whew, man, we'll be talking, all right? I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, American Werewolf in Paris, really forgettable. I think that was like, God, was that Tom Hanks kid in that? See, I don't even remember. That's how much I care about the movie. And last on my list here, I'm going to go with Children of the Corn Part 2. The Children of the Corn sequels are something, man. That's It's along the lines of Hellraiser. 
But Hellraiser had a few good sequels, and then everything kind of fell off almost like they had a story, whatever, written, and they were ready to get backing for a movie, and the studio stepped in and said, hey, we like your script, we're going to fund it, but rewrite it, add Pinhead, add the, the Hellbox, and you got yourself a deal. Uh, just it's kind of what it seemed like. They're just like these horror movies where they just like throw the children of the corn in there. Like, oh yeah, we got, you know, he who walks behind the rose and it, whatever. All right, guys. So here we go for our final episode of part twos. I want to review one of these absolute god awful movies here. And again, Pumpkinhead Two. I still know what you did last summer. Lost Boys Two: The Tribe. Paranormal Activity Two. Jack Frost 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, Boggy Creek 2, Blair Witch 2, American Psycho 2, Exorcist 2, Ghoulies 2, Howling 2, Basket Case 2, Leprechaun 2, The Gate 2, and American Werewolf in Paris, and Children of the Corn Part 2. These are your Part 2s that you could pick from. Will and I, we will bring you a full review of the movie next week. No other BS. Um, we'll just go straight into the review. Um, so guys, hit us up on our Twitter, which is uh, damn that scary pod. You can hit us up on Instagram, which is also damn that scary pod. Um, on Facebook, I believe it's just damn that scary. Uh, I, th- I think. Um, also you could uh, let's see. Man, yes, yes, the B I C. BP Network. Be sure to check us out on there and you check out all the other wonderful shows that are on the network. I believe there's like 30 of them now and definitely check out the panel discussion, my other show where we talk comic books. Uh, one last thing before we peace out to uh, <laughs> this is something that I forgot to cover at the beginning of the episode. So I hope you guys are still with me. Bruce Campbell, Devin Sawa and Michael J. White are actually going to be starring in a movie that's coming out next year where they play workers working at uh work in retail at a toy store it's on black friday and they have to fight off disgruntled uh shoppers the reason why the shoppers are disgruntled because it's kind of one of those night of the comet deals where they get infected by some type of alien race maybe night of the creeps um so the three of them are going to be fighting off people i imagine this is going to be gory i imagine it's going to be a lot of fun i imagine it's going to be over the top hopefully bruce campbell uh plays he just plays him himself uh which is basically ash michael j white i haven't seen in anything in a long time i hope the guy is still a ninja of course you know that's black dynamite i threw that shit before i even left the room grandma i told you not to call me whenever i do my kung fu uh and also devin sawa who is the voice of casper and was human form of casper uh towards the end of that movie where he did the uh, Devin Sawa was also in that movie Fanatic that came out, uh, I believe it was last year, starring John Travolta. Actually, a movie done by Fred Durst. It sucks, but there's something about it. It's just fun. It's just an appealing movie. Um, it's just John Travolta. It's just, you can tell he's just having a good time in it. Um, well, guys, that's it for me. On behalf of Will uh, and myself, guys, keep it spooky
damn, that's scary. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. Should we tell the people about our new show? Our new show? Yes. Not back issues. Not hardly awesome. No. This is Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Hey, man. We just can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Never gonna stop. That's right. We're back. BICBP-radio.com. They should go listen to it right now. They really should. Where can they listen to it? BICBP-radio.com. BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Stop, stop till they drop? That's right. That's the kind of freestyles you're going to get from Anthony on Chris and Anthony just can't stop. At BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony just can't stop. BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Chris, I think we should stop with the commercial. All right.